for me, it's not worth it to sit in my office and my door closed and no one interacts with me when I can just be at home with Gus. Welcome to the With a Dog podcast, the podcast for the modern dog parent. I'm your host, Carly, and every Wednesday I bring on pet professionals or some fellow dog parents, and we laugh, learn, and commiserate about everything from the confusing vet visits to dog park etiquette to the 2 a.m. potty breaks. Essentially, life with a dog. Hello, my wonderful people with a dog. I am in a fantastic mood this week. I don't know what it is, but I am being so productive. I am so happy. I'm checking off my to-do list for the day. I think my ADHD brain just thrives on chaos. So for the next four days, we've got electricians um, working on the house, pretty much every single room in the house. We're removing all the knob and tube in our old house. I believe it was built in 1927, so almost 100 years. (laughs) She's still going strong. We've got electricians. We've got um, tile that needs to go be picked up tomorrow for the fireplace. The fireplace insert is being installed in a few days. And in a little over a week, we are leaving for our London trip. So me and dog Zad are going back to London for the first time since we lived there. So it was almost exactly three years ago now. So I'm going back. I'm so excited to see some friends. Just go back to our old favorite places. And yeah, so as I said, lots going on, but just really happy about all of it. It's It's been good. Life is good right now. And I actually have a, such a good with a dog win that I wanted to share with you guys. Usually I only share them once a month when I have my episodes with Charlotte and Ashley, but this one was such a good one. I went to a hound dog meetup this past weekend. It was put on by the PNW Hound group. We have like a Facebook group and a Instagram group chat. It's kind of run by Hounds of Seattle, which is their dogs, Milo and Mochiko, and a little bit by um, Marion as well from When Life Gives You Leonard's on Instagram. She's been on the podcast. She's been a guest. It's kind of rare to see hounds in the Pacific Northwest. That's why we kind of have all gravitated together and we all have rescue hound dogs and we get together semi-regularly and let the dogs, you know, just bay at each other and run around. And I really did not want to go, honestly, to the meetup. I, we just, as I said, we have so much going on right now. I had to prep for people being at my house doing work for all of this week and the house kind of being torn up. We had a lot of stuff going on last week as well. Like our stove had a gas leak. So we had people out for that. We had our double vanity upstairs being put in. But yeah, anyway, we've had a lot of moving parts. I did not want to go, especially since I'm in more of like phase three of dog mom life. You guys, you guys know that reference if you listen to two episodes ago. And the win is that I forced myself to go. It's a win for multiple reasons, really. It's one, I made myself do it. I was like, Carly, this is going to be one of those things that you're going to be really happy you went, connected with some people you haven't seen in a while. You're going to enjoy this time with Lupin. That was a huge win. I just brought Lupin. It was just me. And we were going to this dog park that was out on Whidbey Island. So you had to take a ferry there. It's like, I don't know, I guess like an hour and a half to get there. And Lupin's not in very good 
shape. I mean, he's in great shape for his old age, but it's not like he's one of the younger dogs who really needs tons of space on the beach to run around. And so it was a win because I went, I had some wonderful, amazing one-on-one time with him. The weather was beautiful. I connected with some people I hadn't seen in a while. I have to say part of it was also that I have to say another win was that Josephine of Sadie Lady Coonhound, she offered to carpool because she's also in the group and she lives near me. And so that was really nice because it really felt it felt nice to like have a friend in the car and just talk on the way. Sadie's great in the car with Lupin. And yeah, at, at the end of the day, I was very exhausted, but it was so worth it. So big win for me. It was a phase two endeavor, even though I'm in phase three and I was happy to to do it every once in a while. Got to do a little phase two thing. Moving on to this week's episode, though. So today I have on Tay of The Corporate Dog Mom, and she has another account and service called The Corporate Creator. She lives in New York City. This was not an in-person interview. We did have to do it virtually because she was kind of in the middle of a move and some other things. So we weren't able to connect when I was in the city. That's totally fine. We spent like two hours <laughs> on video chat instead and hung out. It was so awesome to meet her and talk with her. Her dog, Gus, sounds like the most Instagram influencer dog I've ever heard of. And I love that about him. He is just the star. Tay herself. So as I said, she calls herself the corporate dog mom. So she is a corporate lawyer. And what we really focused on in this interview was her point of view as a dog mom in the workplace. So she provides advice on how she balances dog mom life and work and how she advocates for her needs as a dog mom in a professional way in the workplace as well. We all know sometimes our dog is like throwing up all night and you're like, I I don't want to leave him tomorrow, but I got to go back to work. What do I do? How do I approach this with my boss? Or I just got a puppy and I need to do regular potty breaks or I'm doing potty training with them. How do I still go to an eight to five job? Tay provides a lot of really great advice and wisdom on how she approaches that. And and at the end of the day, spoilers, but it's just like know your self-worth and be confident and know that your dog is a priority. She is so badass. She's worked very hard to get where she is today. And I hope you guys are able to take a lot away and learn from this interview with her. So let's get into it with Tay. Tay, welcome to the With a Dog podcast. Thank you. Happy weekend. Yes, I know. It's um it's actually good because with the time difference, it's like mid-morning for you. It's eight in the morning for me. And so it actually got me out of bed early on on the weekend, which is... Oh, that's great. It's a good thing. The dogs were very happy. <laughs> Usually I force <laughs> them to sleep in. Um, okay. Well, if you could just briefly introduce yourself and your dog to the listeners. Sure. Well, hi, everyone. I am Tay. I am a corporate lawyer based in New York, also a part-time content creator, and I just started my small business. It's a consulting business where I help other entrepreneurs and creators find creative solutions to take their business to the next level. And the star of the show is my dog, Gustavo. We call him Gus or Gussie or a lot of nicknames, but he is a three-year-old mini golden doodle that is just the love of my life. He is Honestly, he just makes me a better person. He's so adorable. Is that him that I can see kind of at the bottom of the camera, like in your chair? Oh, oh no, that's, that's okay. Already. This is a fluffy pillow because he's the 
He's the muse for all of the decor in our apartment. As you'll see, like we have like all of these blankets that kind of mirror like how his fur looks. So people will say like, is that your dog? Can't tell. And it's like, that's the whole point. He was yeah. the, he was the, literally the inspiration for our decor for like, you'll see like multiple blankets that look exactly like his fur. So yeah, no, this is just a pillow that kind of looks like him. He's underneath though. It's underneath okay. the desk right now. He climbed up on the chair earlier. So I was like, is yes. he still there? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's, he's sitting on the chair right next to me. I'm sorry. It's Style Inspo by Gus. I mean, that yes. could be a whole a whole brand. Honestly, I feel like that's like going to be a, probably a series on my YouTube channel. Just like how my how my apartment decor was inspired by my my, my dog. I love that. Before we get into learning more about Gus and you, how are you? Like, what's happening in life? How you doing? It's always a lot going on. I call myself the queen of doing too much. Right now, I. Thought it was a great idea. Um, it's the busiest week at busiest month at my job because it's the end of our bonus fiscal year. So it's a lot going on. A lot of people are trying to make up their hours to hit their billable uh, target. So that's already crazy. Then we're also moving in two weeks to a new place, which is exciting, but we haven't done much to prepare for it. And I just thought this is a really great time to launch all these new things in my business and also start a YouTube channel and get ready for a podcast that's launching at the end of the month, next month, because why not? You know, so that's what I've been doing. All of the things. That is a lot. Stressed out. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. So you've got the corporate dog mom. You've got the YouTube. So is the YouTube recently launched? You said, yeah, I I launched the YouTube. Like created the account like beginning of the year, but I never did anything with it. I started posting last month, so okay, it's been a few weeks now. Um, but I have my two TikToks. TikToks are TikToks are my that's my base. Then yeah. I still have Instagram, two Instagrams as well, and then now YouTube is my primary focus because I'm just so I love YouTube now. Even though I'm just getting started, I really love it because the fulfillment that I get from creating an 11-minute video on YouTube definitely is way much more than I get from a 10-second video on TikTok. And I love TikTok. Oh. TikTok is still slightly my number one mm -hmm. just because I get it and I love it. But YouTube, definitely, I see the potential for that to be a better way to really connect with my audience because it's there's only so much you can do with that 15 second video you can go viral yes which is great mm -hmm. from like a distribution perspective to get increased brand awareness but to actually connect with people you really do need to show up a little bit more and it's harder to keep that attention on tiktok yes no that's such a good point because i i'm thinking of the people that i follow religiously and you're so right. You can only get to know or you can only feel that like sense of community so much through a short TikTok video. And that's why I like podcasts so much, just mm -hmm. even like listening to them because I feel mm -hmm. like I get to know the hosts and I'm like, they're my friends, even though they have no clue who I am. I'm obsessed with podcasts. And that's why I was like, you know what? I love it so much. If I love it so much, I probably would love creating them too. Because at, at the end of the day, I am like, you know, a short attention span myself. So I do like consuming short form content but but that's there's a time and place for that like when i actually want to learn and it's someone i actually care about and i want to know about their life i want I'm, I'm i find myself looking for the 40 minute plus podcast versions if i see like a 12 minute i'm like oh, i don't think that's enough so i mm -hmm. also 
love longer form content when it's the right person. And I actually care because I know I'm going to learn something from them. And I actually really like who they are. I vibe with them really well. Then I want to see them for longer. So I'll find myself watching my friends, ironically, that I met on TikTok who actually have YouTube channels as well. And I really love seeing their life because they're also in New York. And it's just really great to see the perspective of someone who's a full-time creator who is re-entering the corporate world. So it's the, you know, the direct parallel of what I'm doing. So and I'm just like, I just really like seeing interesting people. I love seeing their life. So for me, I was yeah. like, you know what? like, I'm sure people would like to see my life too. Maybe not the entire world, but there, if I can help someone who might be considering doing something part-time or starting a new business or whatever, seeing how I did it and seeing the roadmap, avoiding the things that I did wrong, it's, it's fine for me. I'm not trying to go viral on YouTube. For me, it's yeah. just finding a way to really connect with a niche audience of people who also like doing all of the things and don't want to feel like they're crazy. We might be crazy. It's fine. But at least we're all <laughs> crazy together. So for me, that's the community I'm trying to find. So it's multi-passionates who might have a full-time job, maybe a full-time creator, want to do different things, pursue different passions, and you want a, a supportive community of people who are also doing similar things. So that's the community I'm targeting on YouTube. Well, I'm so excited to see where it goes with the podcast and the YouTube. Yeah. So on that note, I was going to ask what a recent with the dog win you've had. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's a YouTube or is it something else? I would say YouTube has been great for me. And it. I think everything just happens for a reason. I'm big and just law of attraction and just knowing when things are going to happen is going to happen. And it's so true because I had my YouTube because I, I'm that person who like gets something trademarked the moment I, I think of it. I'm like, oh, something genius and trademark it. So That's same smart. with YouTube. I claimed, I claimed all of the, the names for the corporate creator on every single social media channel, including YouTube. So I parked that channel, didn't think about it. So I was like, it's coming in the future. I don't have the time right now. But when I actually started to take it seriously, things just started happening. We started getting invited to a lot more in, in-person influencer events. We have this move coming up. There's a lot of things going on. And I didn't just start it because of that. It kind of just all happened. Like when I was ready mentally to commit to YouTube, opportunities started trickling in. So for me, it was just like, Gus, you know, people remembered how amazing he was. And they're like, oh, wait, we have all these events. Like he needs to be at all of them. And I was like, I agree. Like, come on, I see him every single day. So it just, it started working out. So we've, we've been going, so I, I would say the win is twofold. It's committing to YouTube. And then also these opportunities, a lot of them through Gus, have been coming in and he's been amazing. I mean, whenever he goes to any event or just anywhere, I mean, he's a star. Like I love it. I, I personally prefer to be behind the scenes because I love creating the, the, the ambience and capturing that and just obviously capturing him. So I'm more like, I prefer to be behind the scenes. I know it might not seem that way, but I actually do prefer <laughs> to be behind the scenes more because I love creating that the thing. And when I'm in the thing and I'm in the front of it, I don't have control over creating it as much. And I don't like that. So when Gus is a, like, this is why we are perfect. Like he is a star, loves the attention. He literally thrives on this. And I'm more of like, please stop looking at me. I just want to do this, post it and go away. I don't really want the attention. So we work so well. So he can be the star. And I'm like, this is amazing. And I just capture the moment. So we've had so many opportunities like that. Recently, um, the biggest win is that last weekend we actually had an all expenses paid day trip to the Hamptons, which was like a doggy wellness what? retreat. We had doga. I mean, he had gourmet meals cooked by a private chef. We had he got groomed. We had a Stop. oh my gosh facials. I was like, oh my God. 
gosh, this I, it, it actually hit me. And that's why I ended up creating my first YouTube vlog because I wasn't thinking I was going to do it before I moved because I was like, I'm not in a place to really start doing all that stuff. And it just all happened. I was like, there's so many amazing things happening right now. How many people can say their dog got them an all-expenses paid trip to the Hamptons? Like, yes. This is something that needs to be shared with the world. And Gus looked amazing. Everyone loved him. So I was like, you know what? It's happening for a reason. I committed I committed to YouTube. I was in that mindset. And then these opportunities started like coming in. And Gus literally was a star. He was – I'm so proud of him. He really was just – he just showed up and he – amazing. So That's I, I, awesome. I, yeah. So I think that would be a huge win. And I, I see more things like that happening. And it's just – when you're ready for things, like I wasn't mentally in the right headspace a few months ago. I was really kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do in my business. Things were up and down with work. And I think I was kind of just like treading water without really knowing the right direction. I feel like I, I find myself in that situation a lot when I am interested in all of the things that it's like finding like which thing to pursue first. First of all, definitely a win. Having the star Gus <laughs> get taken to the Hamptons and going to all these events. I completely agree with what you're saying. I actually just posted this like affirmation thing the other day and, and like put it on my desk. Um, I moved it, but it was the d- the day you decide to do it is your lucky day. And I kind of feel like that's similar where you're just like, I don't have time for this right now. And and it becomes like perfect. It, it, it does. I agree. It's like all everything kind of happens. Yes. At the time it's supposed to. Yes. So no, I love that. I love that. That's a great win. That is a very good win for both of yeah. you. It really, I feel like just in life in general. And I think for me, Sometimes I have to take a step back and realize that I had a life before social media. And I think sometimes I forget that because we come Mm -hmm. on and we're all into it. Like, I I don't know when you started just being on social media, but for me, I started in 2019, literally the day I got this because I knew I was going to just want to create. I I didn't, I didn't think I wanted to create content. I knew I wanted to share content of him Mm -hmm. being so adorable. And I did that from day one, but I never had any idea of knowing like where this would, you know, like turn it into and I think a lot of people had thought things out or they thought they knew what they wanted to do they knew they wanted to have a dog Instagram account to become influencers so they had that mindset of I have to grow I have to get more followers and for me I was like I'm not a corporate lawyer you know like I have a career already I really don't I'm not coming into this trying to build a career I was just trying to just have fun show my cute dog like Mm -hmm. so I think as the years went on it was oh you're not really growing fast and here I am getting all these followers I'm not really interested in that. And I think it's having that perspective of knowing that you're on the right path. For me, it was about sharing my dog. And I think that still comes through. It's like everything that I do is about him. Everything we do for him, like our furniture. It's 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 not like something that it's just like for Instagram. It's like that's just like our life. And I think that comes across in what we do. And I think that just makes our account stand out more. Yes, I completely agree. I mean, I've been following you for a while too, and I've I mean, mostly on Instagram, but I think what you kind of touched on, we're we're totally going down this road and I'm okay with it, um, (laughs) is I love how you said that you're getting invited to the events, but I think a big thing too is that you're saying yes to them. And I, that is such, so important because especially like after the last few years, pandemic, it could be really easy to be like, no, I'm going to, you know, oh, I'm too busy with work or I've got the move or I've got the YouTube, like whatever. And, and not say yes, like, let's go for it. And I think that's such a big, that show you're showing up, which is, and you're you're taking the leap, which I think is, is like a whole accomplishment in itself. 
Well, okay. We, we're going to return to this topic, but I want to get a little quick answer round about Gus since, as you said, he yeah. is the star. Yes. First off, you said he's a mini golden doodle. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Mini golden doodle. But he's more like almost like a white. Like he is. in pictures, at least. Isn't he like yes. a lighter color? Yes. He's okay. very, very, very uh, light colored. He's actually white, which is which is hard to keep him clean. But yeah, he's he's pretty white. Because he, when you think of mini golden, you probably think of like a red like brownish color dog and he is very white <laughs> very 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 yeah white. okay so he's three years old and i know he's a city dog but here's our quick answer rounds is he a does he like to go out and about beach mountains which what does he prefer is he a beach dog is he a mountain dog is he like i hate all of this i want to be in my new york city life so he prefers vineyards um <laughs> so <laughs> He prefers vineyards. I'm gonna be honest. This is my dog. Um, when we when we when we when we attempted to take him on a hike, he had to be carried. Uh, my husband actually have footage of this. My husband actually carried him because he was just like, I'm not walking. I really respect yes. it. Honestly, this is my this is my dog. Um, we have not unfortunately <laughs> taken him to a beach yet. I, that's something that's on my list because I grew up in the Virgin Islands, so I definitely want to go back home and bring him. But the logistics of it. I just didn't want to even think about how that would work. And I was worried that if you did go there, coming back would be potentially an issue. So mm -hmm. that's why I really haven't pursued that um, in earnest. But he's a he's a vineyard dog. That's his that's his thing. He's been to a lot of vineyards, probably more vineyards than more, most dogs have. So he's a vineyard dog. He loves vineyards. I love that. I love that for him. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, what's his favorite food? Oh, steak. Oh, really? Like... Uh like a yes. nicely cooked or or yes. is he like stealing it rare off the counter? No, or? nicely cooked. So we, we, okay. we give him steak. He's not getting steak all the time. It's usually for his gotcha day, birthday, or if his dad um, has steak and he leaves him a little bit. But every single day, I mean, I feel like he eats better than me every single day. He has, we call them market bowls. So we'll have like brown rice, sweet potatoes, kale or arugula and like either oh chicken or boiled eggs. Like it literally looks like a market bowl from digging yeah. or sweet green so he that's what he eats every single day but i would say when it comes to snacks he loves blueberries he loves peanut butter and cheese but we're kind of getting him off of cheese because i don't eat cheese as much anymore so blueberries and peanut butter are his go-tos he loves, he loves oh those. my goodness i love this for him i'm you're painting oh, such a picture oh my goodness how can i forget his top snack right now is apples i'm so sorry that is his number one. He loves, loves, loves apples. Now he started like slicing them up and putting it in his like little enrichment toys. So he mm -hmm. absolutely loves apples. I also okay. want to say because he's going to perk up. No, that's so funny. My boys, so my younger dog, Albie, we got him two years ago and he'll eat literally anything. Like he will mm -hmm. be the best boy. He'll just sit like in the corner of the kitchen and just stare at us while we're doing anything. Yep. And and he'll like stay out of the way and which means that he does get more, more little things off the counter because he's <laughs> being good about it. But Albie will eat anything and it's all healthy. Like he lettuce, pickles, like whatever you hand him, he's like, cool, like lemon, like <laughs> <laughs> but he loves apples and lupin yes. my older dog now has figured out that he likes apples too and it's so i don't know what it is about watching a dog crunch down on apples yes. but it is like the most it brings me so much joy to just like hand them each an apple slice and just watch them they love it they love it well we need a video of yes. us eating an apple it'll just oh, bring me joy 
yeah. loves it. Oh my gosh. Um, what about toys? Does he have a favorite toy? His vet bone, which is great for us because we love it. Just keeps his teeth clean. His vet actually said he is he has the best teeth of any doodle he's ever seen. And I'm like, yes. Nice. Yeah. Yes. So he loves he loves his his bed and bone. He that's his nighttime um activity. Like we he brings it into bed. Not the biggest fan of that because it does kind of destroy our sheets. But you know what? It's whatever. Like for his good teeth, we'll make we'll make concessions for that. It's okay. worth it. Yeah. I do think that is a good one because also you can take it with you. Yes. Wherever you're exactly. going, and yes. yeah, it's not like a big old squeaker or like yeah one of those like ball play ball things or yeah. yeah. Gus, he's he knows what what's up. He does. He I does. can tell. He really does. You kind of mentioned this before, but is he a is he clingy or independent? Like, is he following you around the apartment, or is he like, I'm going to be on the couch, see ya? He has, he has his moments. I would say if there's anything going on, like if I'm working or if I would say he's more clingy, and I don't call it clingy. I love it because I call him my shadow. I I absolutely love him being around me all the time. So. I'm in the bathroom if I'm taking a power nap because I need I can't work straight through it's three hours I'm like hitting a wall 30 minute power nap I'm like Gussie come on let's go power nap and he comes with me for into the bedroom um wow. right now he's literally right next to me on this chair as we're recording this yeah so I I love it my husband is more of like I need space like he, so I would say Gus is he's a mama's boy but my husband is his best friend and that's fine because he knows he needs to protect mommy and mommy is his mommy. So mm-hmm. like my husband will be like, okay, I've had enough of you. Like wait, and I'm like, come here, come to mama, come to mommy. <laughs> so it works wonderfully. Like I never get tired of him. Like I love him being around me when he is a little barky. Sometimes it, he's protecting me and that's why I look at it, but he is pretty reactive. But um, at times, but to, to be fair, our neighbors are just annoying and really loud. So, I mean, I would bark at them too. They're really annoying. So I don't blame him. <laughs> a lot of barking but besides that i love him being at my hip being right there yeah love that okay well what about with other dogs is he a people dog or is he a dog dog 100 people he's not he does not he's not um aggressive or anything he actually if people if other dogs try to be aggressive and he kind of just like freezes and he's just like nope i'm good (laughs) and when we go to dog parks he goes where the humans are because he knows the humans have the treats he's smart it's very smart dog so he and he's like, well, the dogs can go ahead and play around with each other. There's no treats involved there. I'm going to go where the humans are. I'm going to be cute. Everyone's going to love me. And then I get more treats and pets. So again, he's a very smart dog. Sometimes a little too <laughs> smart. But he's definitely, it's great because we are often, I mean, I only go to dog friendly places. So when we go to dog friendly brunch or restaurants or whatever, he just fits in. Most most of the time people are like, I didn't even know there was a dog there. Like right now he's just calm and chill. As long as he can sit on my lap throughout the entire time yes he sits on my lap yeah. at brunch then he's happy he's in the he's living his best life when we try to put him on the ground even though we bring with a little blanket he's like nope mm-mm. put me in your lap he's like i'm up yeah i need my market bowl at brunch yes. he, he yes. needs to be at the table yeah yes. okay yes. i ask these pretty much these same questions to every guest like the quick answer round uh-huh. and uh, all right i'm not gonna Everyone take this with like a grain of salt, but Tay, I think your answers about Gus have been the best so far. Yes. Like the the pictures you the picture you painted of like I am just seeing Gus like wandering through the vineyards, having a little steak every once in a while. He's like an influencer. He's like, guys, I love apples. Literally, like he that, that that's his best life. Like he's not used to anything else. It was when we came back from the Hamptons, I was like, oh my god, 
like, we're going to do like set the bar so high. <laughs> like he's never like, going to be able to. No, I mean, it's like he had like duck breast with like, I forget like what it was like veal or something. I was like, what is like, not come back from this. <laughs> The bar just keeps, like, getting raised, like, higher and higher. Yeah, I mean. You're like, he's going to have to go to Paris after this. We're going to have to, we're going to become bi-coastal. He's going to need to be halftime in LA. Like, (laughs) he's going to go full influencer. Melanie actually posted about this, like, her boozy tails. She, like, um, took her dogs to Europe. And I was like, I just sent it to my husband. I was like, it's 11,000. So this is how much we need to pay if we want to take Gus. (laughs) He's like, what do you say? I'm like. Now we know it's possible. <laughs> like you're out of your mind. I was like, well, I'm not saying like tomorrow, but you know, and like if I'm not going to Paris without Gus. Like that was the biggest thing. Yes. It's like, well, I mean, we can fly with him because there are some airlines, Delta and I think United, who don't have pet weight limits. So mm-hmm. like American Airlines is cut off at 25. So as long as you're able to fit your dog into the carrier and he can go under the seat and we always get that the seats with the extra leg room. He's fine. Mm-hmm. So he can play Delta, no issues. Yeah. But internationally, again, I'm not sure. And it, I haven't had the time to really do the research. So I kind of was just like, I don't want to put him in a bad situation. So I wanted to make sure that we had a an option where it would never be like, oh, we can't go. But it's $11,000. Yeah. But at least we know it's it's possible. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's <laughs> my brain where I saw 11000 I was like, oh, we just have to start saving. No, like it's fine. Like Honestly, same. No, I saw when she posted that for the private, um, for the private yeah, plane. Okay. Also, like- for anyone, for anyone listening, we're talking about, um, so Melanie's episode, I think it came out back in June on moving internationally with a dog. I'll put it in the show notes if, she's if you goals. guys want to listen oh to that. God. Yeah. She's, she's awesome. such goals. Well, and so that's why I moved from Seattle to London with Lupin back in 2017. So with my dog Lupin, who's a large dog though, so he had to go under. But I did all of that research. I did all of the like, yeah. do we want to take a boat? Do we want to take a private jet? Like, yes. how are we going to do this? Fortunately, he he's like he's big, but he could go in a crate, and he loves his crate. And it, like, I I was very confident with like, okay, just just doing the underneath crate direct flight thing. And yeah. um, especially since I worked in the animal world, I felt. I felt like I did a good amount of research and made the right connections. I had like the personal phone number for the people at Heathrow and like <laughs> things like that. I, I weaseled my way in. But but yes, yeah, same. Like when she posted that, I was like, all right, like he's older now. I wouldn't I don't think I'd do the crate thing. I'd want him on the private jet with yeah. me, obviously. And and dog Zad can be in coach. Um. <laughs> I just feel, I think it's I'm more so concerned about myself because I think I would have a heart attack the entire I wouldn't. I couldn't do it. Like, I yeah. I don't know what I would do with myself. I would need to go in cargo with him. <laughs> I feel like I, that's the only way this would work. Like, I like if it's possible, can I go in there with him? Like, how do, how do I make this work? Because I can't be separated from him. I have the separation yeah. anxiety that he has is pretty intense, but mine is 10 times worse. I'm always like, where's Gus? Where's Gus? Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't think I'm mentally strong enough or emotionally strong enough to to do it. Yeah, no. no so it's eleven thousand dollars now. Now I know how much it costs. I just have to start saving and make it happen. Yeah, Gus, keep bringing in those brand deals. He popped yeah. his head up. Look at him. Oh yes. God, he's he so cute. He's got his little oh. bandana on. Oh, yes. Um. Okay. So that was all the info about Gr- Gus. Yes. Let's talk a little bit more about the corporate dog mom, the corporate creator. Mm-hmm. I think I really want to hear 
how you because you mentioned you're a corporate lawyer in New York City, you're going to work every day, you've got a big old, you know, high pressure job, and you're balancing all of these things with Gus, not just dog events, but just taking care of him, like just having a dog and dog mom life. How do you balance that? Obviously, I know we've had pandemic and everything. So maybe you've been home more recently and or maybe you've been working remotely more. But how do you yeah, how do you balance having a big full time job and being a dog mom? Well, it's I don't really balance it. That's (laughs) it's I, I honestly just try to survive each day. Each day is different. It definitely helps that I have an amazing husband who he handles, I'll be honest, he handles most of the day-to-day stuff with Gus. So he is the one waking up super early to feed him while Gus starts smacking us and wakes us up at like 7, 7.30 and he's like, feed me. Um, and he also handles like taking him out during the day and feeding him dinner. And there's sometimes I will just like step in and get back because it used to be more 50-50 when we were both kind of going into the office and doing stuff. But my husband right now is kind of like on a sabbatical where he is focusing. He's actually um, directing his first feature film. So he's also a creative. And that's what he's doing all of the time right now. So he has like a whole separate thing going on that people don't even know about. But yeah, there's a lot going on here. It's even more. Um, So yeah, so he has all of that going on. So he has a little bit more flexibility with his schedule. So um, he handles like the the day-to-day stuff with Gus. And I am now working... Well, since as of recently, all uh, remote, it's supposed to be three days in the office. It's supposed to be this hybrid situation. And I just said no, because I mean, a lot of people have left my um, firm. And right now I'm the only senior associate and mid-level associate there. So I was like, you know what? Um, Kind of really didn't tell you guys this, but I'm just not leaving Gus because I've been advocating for our office being dog friendly. I actually, I'm not even kidding, talked to the chairman of our firm. <laughs> we had a meeting because we, um, they needed people to, um, be on the firm's website. And I was like, well, that sounds like job security to me. So I signed up for it. And, <laughs> and one of the, cause I was like, you can't fire me. I'm on the firm's website. That would be really, you know, a lot for you to do. Um, yeah. so. We had a meeting with the, the front, well, not a meeting. It was like a fake meeting for photos. And it was like, talk about anything. And I was like, well, so uh, <laughs> about, <laughs> about the firm being dog friendly, like, can we make that happen? Like, literally, I'm dead serious. And he was just like, Ooh. I was like, sounds like a no to me. So I was like, well, I guess I'm not really coming into the office. But now it's even more so because I'm happier at home, obviously, with Gus. I would prefer Gus over any coworker. I listen, it's not even close. I, they all know that. Like they all know how crazy I am for a very long time. <laughs> funny story. Not really funny if you really think about it, but I had like someone I work with, I just casually mentioned that I was getting married and they're like, Oh, so it's not just you and your dog. I'm like, what do you mean? Uh- they're like, cause you always just talk about your dog. We didn't know there's anyone else, which is kind of slightly problematic to say, but we'll ignore that. And I was like, yeah, no, I actually am engaged. And at the time I was engaged, but so, yeah. No, I, that's, that's honestly like same. I had the yeah. this, the same exact thing. People, like rude. when I was in London and, and it was, sorry, when I was like sharing a lot of stuff in London and doing more with Loopy and events and everything, yeah. it was, I mean, dog, dog Zad was behind the camera, the phone. And, and so, but people would always be DMing me, like, especially all my friends back in the US, they'd be like, is, 
is Mike still around? Like, is he alive? Like, <laughs> yes. I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, He's here. I'm training here. him to become right. the most amazing Instagram boyfriend, Instagram exactly. husband. But exactly. yeah. Okay. So it sounds like you're like, I know what I need and I know what I'm going to enjoy. And this is how I'm going to be able to get my work done if yeah. I am at home with Gus. So do you have any advice on how people, how pet parents, dog parents can advocate for their needs like as a dog parent and their dog's needs in a workplace that or in a in the workplace whether they're bringing their dog in or if they're like look my dog is sick I can't come in today something like that because a lot of times I think in in many professional settings it's getting better as far as like my kid is sick I can't come in or I'm going to work from home but not so much in the dog sense and since you are in a professional setting, do you have any advice on how people can professionally go about that kind of conversation with either HR or the boss or like how to advocate for the, their needs really? Yeah, I think it's, that's a great point. I, I personally see no difference between a kid and a, a human kid and a fur kid personally. Mm-hmm. And I think that one, just being as open and communicating things, your needs as early as possible is definitely the way to go about anything, whether it's a dog or any personal needs that you have. I have a longstanding recurring Cairo PT appointment every single week that I'm not, well, I used to cancel it, not happening anymore. It's for my health. So things like that, whenever it's something as important as your child, absolutely. I don't think anyone at this point, again, because of certain circumstances and they need me. I don't really think anyone would question that if I were to say, listen, my child is sick. Just because I didn't have a kid doesn't mean or I didn't give birth to him does not make it any difference. This is my child and he is dependent on me for support. So I ne- luckily have never had to have a conversation like that. But he comes first. Like there's no doubt like they're not I'm not going to feel bad about anything that I need to do for him. He has to go to the vet. And I'm the only one when you take him to the groomers like it's happening. Like I'm not I've, I've, I've proven enough. And even then, I, I think that you would have to be a really not nice person to be like, oh, no, your dog's sick. You have to come into the office. Absolutely not. We would be consider- reconsidering a lot of things about the workplace. And I think it's – I'm not saying every firm or company is going to be understanding, but I think you have to make that determination. Is this the type of place I want to be at? Because if your dog is the most important thing to you, like Gus is the most important thing to me, I'm not going to be around people who – make me feel bad for that. It's already bad enough. These people don't have dogs. They don't understand like the references that I'm making, but you're not going to tell me I can't do things with my dog. I will not stand for that. So I think it's just being very upfront, communicating things as early as possible. Like, Hey, my dog needs to go to the vet. My dog is sick. And then, you know, see what they say. But I think for, for the most part, I, I, I would hope that people are understanding of things like that, especially if you don't have a partner to support you and it's just you. I, I would hope people are, you know, employers are are understanding of that. Yeah. I think so what I hear you saying is from the get go when you're looking into either a new role at the same company or a a position at any company factoring in how you think they're going to react with any dog emergency you may have or if you need time to care for your dog and obviously not at the expense of your work like right i you know from from the professional aspect it's like it can never be at the expense of things that you need to get done at the end of the day but it's almost what i hear you saying is it's almost just as important as 
when you're looking into like what is the pay here or what is the commute or anything like that it's like this is a big factor in your life therefore you need to factor it into your decision absolutely your role yeah I think especially now with a lot of people like after the pandemic and maybe you got a dog during the pandemic I consider Gus a pandemic puppy for all intents and purposes because he really we've had him for a few months and then COVID so this is really all he's known. He spent a lot of time with us and I'm not going to disrupt his lifestyle or even the way that I've become used to living because someone wants me in our office to sit there just because they think that's the only way for me to be productive. What I do to kind of just like quiet any noise with related to that is that I work hard and they see how much I'm working and I do a good job. My clients love me. So I am doing enough to make that like conversation or that go away. It's not like, oh, come in thought. Like I'm working a lot. I'm actually working more from home and I'm happier with my dog. So whatever need you need for me to, you think that I need to be in the office? No, I don't. And I'm also a 12 minute walk away from my office, which is way too close anyways. So if you actually do need me, I could be there. But if you're asking me, do I want to sit in in an office with people and nothing against my coworkers, they're awesome people, but I didn't choose them as friends. We're not friends. So I'm not going to sit in an office of people that I didn't choose to be around for 10 plus hours a day when I could be working more at home, comfortable in sweats, comfy loungewear with my dog. I'm not Mm -hmm. missing out on these opportunities. And I think seeing even the few months that we had him and I was going into the office before the pandemic, and I I get angry when I think about that because he was a puppy. Luckily, my husband at the time when he was still at his job was doing remote work. So he, Gus was really only ever alone for maybe a few weeks before my husband was working remotely. And at least he had him with him. So that makes me feel better. But I can never mm-hmm. get back those moments when he was a puppy and he was by himself and like alone in the apartment. And it literally makes me so sad to think about that. I never want to have that. Like you can't get these, these moments back. And I'm sorry, but annoy someone in my job. I don't care. I don't care. My, my dog is more important to me. I do a good job on my job. I work late, but I want these moments with my dog. Like I'm, I'm never going to get that back. So for me, it's like, if you don't understand, I'm sorry, but I don't really wish to have to explain this to you. If you had a dog, you would get it. Is what it yeah. is. Well, well, and that's the thing is like, it's so hard because it, and to all the listeners, I have always been able, or not always, but usually been able to bring my dogs into work, and mm-hmm. so and so is my partner, um, and and you're able, Tay is able to advocate and and negotiate, you know, on behalf of Gus and like the, what she needs, um, you know, for his care, and so to everyone, like we recognize that this is a privilege, you know, Absolutely. some people are are teachers and they have to go into work no matter what. And yeah, and they can't have bring the dog. And, you know, so we do recognize that it is a privilege. And um, what I think a learning point from all of this is that Tay, like you have such confidence Mm -hmm. in like, this is what's important to me. Therefore, this is how I'm going to be able to work best is if I'm home with Gus. And I love what you said of like, I didn't choose my coworkers as friends because I mean, I've I've had some amazing coworkers, and I'm actually very good friends with quite a few of them still. However, if anyone is feeling that guilt going back, kind of trying to work, go back into the workplace after the last few years of working at home, and you're like, oh, you know, they want me to go in every day, but I just don't know. And if you're waffling, like, listen to this right now, exactly what Tay just said, because I think... I think we guilt ourselves into like, oh, I have to do this. But mm-hmm. as you said, if if you have made yourself indispensable, if you mm-hmm. are producing great work, 
and you've showed that you can work well outside of the office, I I think you need to be able to confidently say like, I'm not going to feel guilt about wanting to be at home with my dog for a couple days a week. You know, if there's maybe there's a compromise in there, if your boss wants you to go in full time and you have the type of job that you don't actually need to, mm-hmm. I think there's a compromise in there where you can say like, I'm going to have to pay for a dog walker. Or I'm going to have to pay for some, you know, doggy daycare. And are you going to give me a raise or, right. <laughs> you know, to cover right. that or not? And I think, yeah, I just think the confidence that, that you're exuding and the you're showing what your priorities are, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think can can really be a, like a beneficial lesson for a lot of people. Absolutely. If they're in similar situations. Yeah. And I think and that's a really good point. It definitely we definitely have a, a privilege and I definitely need to acknowledge that because, you know, like you said, there there's so many roles and my husband actually was the one who enlightened me to this because I think being in a bubble in New York and being around other people in my industry, people I went to school with me, we, we, we all work in similar industries where we do have the flexibility of working remotely. That is not representative. We're like probably like such a small fraction of all of New York and also all of the country. So, you know, I definitely do need to remember that most people don't have that luxury and it, that, that is something that, you know, it definitely needs to be acknowledged. But at the same time, I think that people in positions of power and your employers want you to believe that it's a larger number of people who don't have that flexibility, but it's something that could become more of the norm. Obviously, there's some jobs where you do have to go in and that makes sense. And I get that. But we have technology. We have things that we needed. We we started using Zoom. We started collaborating a lot more virtually when we had no other alternative. So I don't see why there's this rush to go back to the old way of doing things when we in some ways, I found a much more efficient way to actually collaborate with people. I know at least for my firm, we don't have offices around the world. And it was usually an impediment having people stay with the firm because they're like, well, I want to move to this different state. And now, you know, within reason, we have more flexibility to allow people to kind of move around and do things. You're not stuck in the, the physical location of where the office is. And I think that generally this just makes People want to stay with a company more, knowing that to the extent that it is possible for them to work remotely, they're given that opportunity. And I think that's the the biggest problem I have. It's not that me in my situation working remotely versus someone who doesn't have that. Like if you're working in the ER or something, obviously you don't have that at your disposal. But my frustration comes at I'm not comparing myself to some a doctor or a nurse. I'm comparing myself to someone who does my exact job that has a fully remote work style or work life. Why can't I have that? And that's a frustration I have. And it really does go back to, again, especially in the legal industry, the it's, it's usually who your clients are. That's the culture that your law firm takes on. My, my law firm, we are, our clients are, you know, Wall Street investment banks. So that's so other law firms who are similarly situated with those being their clients. That's the persona that we take on. That's the culture of our firm, but which I get it, but if you're going to tell me that there are firms that are known for litigation and they actually are in the courtroom and they are full-time remote, make it make sense. It does not make any yeah. sense. For a transactional practice, I primarily work with people who are based in London, Tokyo. So I'm always up. My phone is always going. So for me, again, I'm in a very unique situation. And that's why, again, I the confidence that I have brought forward and I'm like, I'm not doing it. It's because I know what I bring to the table. And I do know that I'm in a unique situation, even from other people within my group, because I don't work traditional nine to nine or nine to seven hours. So 
why am I going into the office when the teams that I work with aren't even based in the US? So it's, I think for me, I, I challenge a lot of things and people don't necessarily like that, but I also just like ask, why are we doing it? You know, I like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we have to go back to the office because they said to, but why? Like, why do you need me in the office? I'm actually communicating a lot more effectively virtually because I'm able to talk to people in different offices and that you actually have more access to me because I'm always on my phone. You can always reach me versus like when I'm commuting and I might miss an email in transit. There's a lot of moving parts. I may not be. So it's, I, I always question everything. And for me, I have not received a legitimate reason why I need to be in the office. So until then, yeah. virtual. <laughs> like I'm like 12 minutes away. I'm not like living in New Jersey or Connecticut. Yeah. Like you need me. I can really be there in 12 minutes. Like it's not, you know, I don't, I don't, for me, it's not worth it to sit in my office and my door closed and no one interacts with me when I can just be at home with Gus. That's such good advice of thinking outside of the box, challenging the status quo. And for everyone who's like, no, I do need to be into in work or my company is a hard ass in their old school, like whatever it is. And, and you want to stay at that job, then maybe you can just challenge the status quo in small ways of, okay, look, I'm not too far away. I need to let my dog out for a potty break in the middle of the day. Can I take an hour and a half lunch every day? And maybe, you know, do that extra half hour of work in the afternoon or the morning or whatever, you know, like just if you can think outside the box in little ways to suit you and your dog's needs, as Tay said, like, go for it, challenge it and see, see if there's compromises to be made. Um, on both ends. So I think you'd be surprised sometimes how accommodating people are willing to be, especially if you are someone that they appreciate you're doing good work. If the, if you're saying like, listen, I need to be on my dog. Okay. I, <laughs> for whatever reason, insert reason here, you know, maybe it's an emotional support dog, service animal. You actually do need to be with your dog. Listen, be, be transparent, be upfront with it. Nine times out of 10, I would like to believe that people are not going to say, no, you have to suffer through it and be here because I say so. You know, if, because people have options. I know we have a recession right now, you know, looming and all of this stuff. Listen, at the end of the day, your mental health is way more important than anything else. We need to remember that. So you can't be, Mm -hmm. I need to stay at this place because of X, Y, Z reasons. Yes, it's risky, but you have to think about long-term, you know, repercussions or results of like what you're doing. If you're not happy and you know, you'd be a lot happier with a dog, like at least try to advocate. I'm not saying you're going to be successful, but it's definitely worth Mm -hmm. a try for sure. Love that. That's such good advice. I love the confidence. I hope that people listening can kind of take a little bit of taste confidence here. And we need more of us. We need more of us advocating for dog friendly workplaces and just being able to be with our dogs, like see dogs the same way people see children. Like I'm I'm all for that. Yeah, because your kids aren't going to get a nice trip to the Hamptons, guys. The dog will, though. Yeah, exactly. 100%. (laughs) Um, okay, well, let's move on really quickly. I want to talk more about the creation of the corporate dog mom. Mm-hmm. So this is your, well, I'm going to let you define it rather than me. So what is the corporate dog mom? The corporate dog mom is a way of meshing, merging two of the biggest, I would say the biggest elements of my life, my corporate law lawyer identity which for before I got Gus was pretty much like I'm I'll be honest that was my entire identity I'm a lawyer blah blah and getting Gus really just changed everything I was afraid of dogs I'll admit it I was afraid of dogs it's a long story but I was afraid of dogs initially uh just childhood trauma growing up with the Virgin Islands I was only really 
um, exposed to um, like guard dogs. So a lot of Rottweilers and pit bulls that were literally just like guarding a house. So yeah, and not not these golden retrievers and Labradors. Like no, they're, those don't exist in the Virgin Islands. So I was not exposed to that. So I still had that mindset of like I was just chased by this Rottweiler and it tried to attack me. And I was thinking like, but it was totally different. Again, those totally different. I'm not saying these are dogs are always going to be aggressive, but that, that was my mindset. Cause I'd been chased by one dog and I was like scarred from like the age of like seven. So yeah. coming, growing up, I was like, I, I, I had that fear. I'm afraid of dogs. I'm afraid of dogs. Totally unfounded. And now I absolutely love all dogs, crazy dog mom. But <laughs> so, so m- merging the two biggest parts of my identity, cause it, why else would you do that? Like when you hear it, the corporate dog mom, does it even make sense? But at the same time, it makes all the sense in the world. And I think that's just who I am. I don't like doing boring, basic things. I'm like, what is me? And what, when you hear it, will make you think of me. So corporate dog mom was, 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 um, born before we were, when we started the account, it was the golden goose NYC. Cause it was all just Gus. Then it was, uh, Gus and Tate NYC, which is still yes. us, but the corporate dog mom is now a brand. And that is just represents everything about me. So it's someone who is trying to navigate corporate America. I, the way, I, the way I deal with it is when something stressful happens in my job, I create a funny TikTok about it and it's better than quitting. So you know what? I just like, I, I, I share my experiences in a comedic light to help someone else who is probably in a similar situation who also can't quit their job because we have obligations. And it's like, we as well laugh about it, you know, and yeah. know that there's someone else going through it with you. So that's my primary um, focus on social media is really kind of just like sharing a comedic or having a comedic take on situations in the workplace that might not be so ideal, but pro- hopefully providing solutions that allow you to keep your job, do a good job, but still make time for yourself, your family, mental health, emotional well-being, all of the things, because it is about sustainability. If you are going to be in these corporate fields, especially in New York, you will burn out if you don't prioritize yourself. So for me, it's me getting that message out there and a seven second TikTok. And, you know, I, I, I like doing that because that that's for me, I need to see that myself. I need to be reminded of it myself. So I create yeah. content that I actually need to see myself. And then other half of it is being a vibey dog obsessed mom <laughs> whose child, literally my dog is my child. Um, that's our, that's our lifestyle. We, so I, I, one of the things I love doing is going to the bougiest dog friendly places in the city or just across the country and just like sharing, sharing, you know, here's a spot that you didn't even know existed and it's amazing and it's dog friendly. So I love, I love doing that. So it's just show, showing our wild and vibey dog friendly life. So that's the corporate dog mom. The corporate dog mom. I love that you've merged those two mm-hmm. parts of yourself. And this actually, it's uh, very similar to another episode I did recently with um, must love dogs and comedy. So Mm -hmm. that was one of my New York, um, another New York interview I did. And they do comedy shows a lot at like Boris and Horton in the Lower East Side, like the dog friendly cafe. Yeah. So, um, so I went to one of those when I was, when I was in the city and it, it was kind of the same thing. Like they merged to, they're like, I want to do comedy shows, but I also want to bring my dog. Yeah, Like, can we just do that? Maybe other people people want to go to those shows. Yeah. And so it was just, it was, I love people's stories of how they're merging different parts of themselves and like different, their two identities, because the dog is always, of course, always one of the identities, but then 
then there's something else. And that's the, kind of the premise of my whole name of with a dog. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, do you run with a dog? Do you travel with a dog? Do you – like that. whatever it is with a dog. And um, yeah, no, I love that. Well, how did the corporate creator come along then? Like what exactly is that aspect of it? So in all honesty, the corporate creator, the name has a lot of different meanings. And it started because I had this corporate dog mom – niche that I essentially built, (laughs) merging dog niche and corporate humor niche. And I was getting a lot of brand deals. And I had that experience because I negotiate with lawyers every single day on my job. So when I would go into these brand deal negotiations, they were thinking, oh, you're just a content creator. And it's like, no, I negotiate all the time. So I built up a lot there. And I was like sharing it piecemeal with my audience and people had a lot of questions. So I was like, well, you know what, this isn't really technically the right type of content for my corporate dog mom account. So I created a new account. And initially when I created the corporate creator TikTok, it was supposed to be kind of a portfolio page where I would just kind of share tools and resources and things that I use. So for example, I use ClickUp. So one of my first video, I think my actual first video was me just showing how I'm using ClickUp to organize my content ideas. And I wasn't even planning to be featured in the account at all. I was going to be just like sharing tips with creators. And then I don't, I don't even know how it just, that's the way my brain works and how things work in real time. I kind of just workshop and just changed what I was planning to do initially. And then I turned into, okay, now I'm sharing brand deal tips. And one of yeah. the first videos that blew up was me just showing like a redacted, of course, um, email back and forth with a brand and just teaching creators, hey, this is what happened here. It's what the brand did. And this is what I did and sharing tips with them. And there are a lot of people, there's a lot of smoke and, mirror, smoke and mirrors on um, social media. Like I'm yes, amazing influencer, but it's like, but where are the brand deals? I don't see any proof versus I was sharing actual email correspondence, which you cannot make up. Um, so you either know what you're doing or you don't. So when I started showing that side of like behind the scenes, people are like, wait, hold on. Like you actually know what you're doing. Like, I don't, I've never thought to negotiate this way. So then I started to realize, oh, wait, there's a way for me to take my like corporate law negotiation, how I'm showing up being professional and, and working with the most sophisticated lawyers in the world. Like, it's like no offense to these brands, like they're lawyers. No, I work with actual, I negotiate <laughs> with the top lawyers in the world every single day. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I can kind of just, again, merge two elements of what I'm doing, being a content creator and creating content, being a creative, huge part of my identity now. So the corporate creator, I think the first meaning of it was going to just be like corporate lawyer and a content creator. And that's kind of what I was thinking, just mm-hmm. showing how, because there are a lot of creators who may have blown up overnight on TikTok or mostly TikTok. And may not have had the experience working in a corporate environment, being a professional. So you're getting this influx of brand opportunities, collabs, and you don't really know how to present yourself professionally and actually advocate for yourself instead of just saying, oh yeah, sure, I'll Mm -hmm. take any money, I'll take whatever. It's like, no, like being respectful and knowing how to interact with a brand as a professional. And so I I started sharing tips on that. And it was like this huge thing. So I then that turned into people saying, hey, can you manage me? Hey, can you consult? Do you do consulting? And I had not thought at all about starting a business. And then again, it's just TikTok and snowball effect. Things just started happening in real time. And I was like, you know, maybe I should do this because I was just sharing all this information for free, which I love doing. It's fine. But I started realizing there are people who really needed 
that additional help beyond a 10 second, 30 second TikTok, they actually needed consulting. So I started working beta testing, working with creators, giving them brand deal guidance. I obviously can't represent them, but you know, just giving them like affordable legal, like advice, not, not advice, mm-hmm. but like guidance, like here are some tips. Can't legally advise your value lawyer. Um, then again, time conservation, energy conservation that I was taking away from my job and my job again, the priority. So I was like, how can I help the masses without me doing this one-on-one? So I started putting together these guides. So I have a pricing guide, pricing negotiation guide, an email strategies, negotiating with brand deals, and then also an influencer like contract template that you can customize with a corresponding guidebook that walks you through all of the different provisions in an influencer agreement. So I was like, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. Spent the time doing it. Now it's there. And then if people need something, you can just buy it. And it kind of just sits there and sells sells itself. Then that was great. But then people still needed more. So I was like, okay, I guess I need to do more now. And then it turned into this. And now I'm expanded to, I have two membership communities, one for ambitious women who are just trying to do all the things like me. We just come together. We support each other once a month. To start, we have a live intention setting session at the end of the month. We just go over our goals, kind of just like all support each other. And then I have a membership community for <laughs> entrepreneurs. Um, it's called the C-suite. So we kind of twice a month, we like quarterly plan. So month one of the quarter, we talk about your big why vision, all of that. Month two is about sustainability. Kind of like if you have a full-time job already, how do you pursue the right business models that are sustainable for what you already have going on in your life. And then (laughs) the third month in the quarter is about just like CEO identity and CEO mindset. So that's happening. So two membership, I'm losing track of something, two membership communities, my digital products, and then also like the consulting. So I work one-on-one with entrepreneurs um, to help them find creative ways to market their business, do all of the things because I am doing that in real life. And I actually do, I work with investment funds. So I actually see that side of things and that's where they want to end up. They want to get funding. So I mm-hmm. am able to provide them with just a suite of resources um, based on everything that I've done myself. So it really kind of just like snowball, effect, like just like snowballed into where I am right now. I started it kind of thinking, oh, it's just going to be me sharing like a few tips here and there or whatever, and it turned into a business. And now I think that the the latest meaning of the corporate creator is essentially a creator of corporations. So that's what I'm trying to do. It's like I'm helping people who are in early stages of their startups or whatever actually get off the ground and accelerate their vision. So that's like the latest um, meaning of the word, the corporate creator. So it's a lot. Yes. First off, that is a lot. All of it. Yeah, Every, everything. Yeah. <laughs> everything that you're doing is a lot. And a I'm lot. so impressed that you have the ability and drive to to go for it and see that, oh, this is going to be the next step. Like this is what, you know, the community needs for me. I'm mm-hmm. going to create two membership communities from it or, you know, they need guides or whatever. So props to you for filling that niche. But then also... I love that you've created this because I totally was in that situation, still currently am starting this podcast. And I started and I was like, okay, like, if I want sponsors, how does that work? Like, how do I negotiate? What do I do with that? Or like, I'm in a place to like, I'm ready. And some people are reaching out. But how do I know that they're legit that I'm actually going to get paid and like, all those things. And what you're providing is honestly like what I need because I 
I would ask other friends of mine, other influencers potentially, but it was like the blind leading the blind at that yeah. point, you know, yeah. like, or there's tons of people who are like, oh, I did an exchange for free bandanas, like a post. And I'm like, no. I am not interested in that. No. no. And no. yeah. And, and that's where there's so much, I think this is just so needed, especially in the dog community. I know you're serving, you know, everyone in the kind of creator community, but the dogstagram community, I Yes. I have a whole I feel like I've been alluding to this for months, but I have this whole complaint about Dogstagram and some of the problems within it. Yeah. And a lot of it is the, you know, oh, model search for our callers and things like that. And then no one gets paid. They're dragged around, mm-hmm. but they think that this is gonna, you know, be a big break or whatever, or they're yep. being just used for their mm-hmm. community that they've built. So yeah, that's what I personally when I got into this and have been growing the podcast i was like i want someone to tell me what the tax repercussions of this is going to be i want someone to tell me how to negotiate and like i was like i need all of that info before i'm even gonna accept money i specialize in tax by the way specialize in tax okay thank you i've been asking around i'm like what does this mean for tax especially because my husband's also like what does this mean for our taxes and i'm like Mm -hmm. i don't know and (laughs) so okay i love yeah i love all of what you're creating and um and that you're able to do it on the smaller scale of maybe like a micro influencer all the way mm-hmm. to the people who are looking to get funding for their mm-hmm. business mm-hmm. and it's very much needed in this world in this new kind of yes. creator world of TikTok, Instagram, yes. social media because if people want to if people want to start their business, if people want to create a brand off of this it would be really nice if they were like, these are the legal steps you need to take. This is mm-hmm. the professional way. This is what you should expect from others. I think this is so just so, so needed. And um, even what you said earlier, you're like, I had this idea. I'm going to trademark it right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was, I was told many a time not to trademark. So oh. I was like, okay, I won't. And see, say you're like, <laughs> yeah. I, I've seen people say that, and it, I've actually reported accounts. I'm not even kidding. Like I, there have been big accounts that gave really bad advice, and I saw it and I reported it because I that's yeah. terrible advice. They, I think people make the mistake of thinking of, well, where are you right now? You don't need to do it. And I am the delusional person thinking I'm about to be the next thing like so I'm not thinking of like oh you're right here right now I'm thinking of me 10 years in the future being like why didn't you do this sooner so mm-hmm. I I coach everyone that I that I deal with my one-on-one clients people on TikTok whatever I'm always thinking about this is this is the biggest thing I have when it comes to creators and saying well I just gave brands my usage rights I didn't even think about it they said they wanted to whitelist my content or run ads with it for free and I was just so happy to get paid and I'm thinking okay first of all the content production rate that you charge is what everyone usually just charges and that's their end all be all that's mm-hmm. not even the important part because they can they can have anyone creating content they're coming to you yeah. for a reason if your image if my dog's image is in something that is the reason they're coming to you if they wanted UGC they wouldn't have me featured in it if I'm featured in it and this is coming from me being a lawyer and knowing that I need to protect my image with my clients and how it's being used I need to control that so I mm-hmm. actually know that the the real more like I, I guess the where, where the value is in these brand deals is the usage rates so it's 
I'm fine to create this content for you and charge you whatever rate, but you're not using this content for any other reason. I will post it on my account, which is a separate thing because the content creation, then putting in your account and then actually exposing it to your audience, two separate rates. There's creation and distribution. Mm -hmm. If they want to actually license it and run ads with it, repurpose it, put it on their blog, any of that, like if you want to run ads through my content, I'm getting a percentage of the ad spend that you put behind it. Like that's how I work. That, that's how I operate. People are like, I didn't even know what whitelisting is. And it's like, I'm sorry, but here's the thing. Here's the reality. You can't use ignorance as a defense. If you don't know what you're signing, you need to talk to a lawyer. This is not the time to be cheap and sign a legal agreement and not have a lawyer review it. And I think this is serving brands and businesses when they're just like, oh, creators don't care. We're paying them. They're not going to care that they're signing away their rights to, for, we can essentially use this content forever and we don't have to pay them anything. So this creator who's getting started is thinking, oh, I'm nobody now. Why would I even like, like make yes. a fuss about it? But like, suppose you are somebody big in the next two years and this small brand that you didn't even think about has access to your content and can use it forever. And now you have a partnership with a business that has valued you and pays you and you have an exclusivity like a uh, clause in there. And this brand from two years ago is running ads with you because you gave them that right. It's things like that. Like I try to see like what could potentially happen in the future and try to protect myself against those exposures in the mm -hmm. future. So like, those are the things that, yeah. you know, I know this from just like just living life. But a creator who is just so eager to get their first brand deal and they have this new fame from TikTok, I'm not thinking about it. And that's a sad part because I do see creators getting taken advantage of. I mean, they're creators who have millions of followers on TikTok and they have never been paid. Big brands are coming yeah. to them and they refuse to pay them. And the, the brands are smart. They scout people. They're like, oh, this person just blew up. They don't know anything. They probably mm -hmm. never worked with brands before. I can like just milk them for as much. And it's, it's so predatory. And that's really why I was so like motivated to really create this content and essentially put these brands on blast. I don't care if I have a black, <laughs> at the end of the day, I work for companies that fund these brands. So I'm fine. I don't care if people are going to get blacklisted in the creator economy. I'm like, my company, my, my clients set up these companies. Okay. I think I'm good. I think I know where the, where this, this food chain, how it, how it plays out. So I think I'm good. I see the big picture here. So yes. I'm fine. And I would rather be blacklisted and help creators. I don't care. I'm not, I'm not a content creator for money. I have a full-time job. I'm fine. So for me, it's getting the information out there and helping as many people advocate for themselves. And I, th that's the most rewarding thing for me. Like seeing people be like, I use your free influencer checklist and I use it religiously now every single time a brand reaches out to me. And I was like, yeah, I provided it for free because people need this. I was like, I don't care. Do not, you don't have to pay me. Please just take this thing. I would rather you have something to, to go through so that you're prepared when a brand comes up to you and you're like, oh, actually, no, mm -hmm. I, I, what, what, this is not in the contract and it should be, or this is, he, this is here and it shouldn't be. So for me, it's getting the information out to as many people as possible. Like that's, that's my, that's success for me, honestly, with yes. my, my account. Love that. Oh my gosh. Okay. I mean, what I'm seeing through just talking to you for the last hour, which we will wrap up, um, <laughs> is it just seems like it's like know your worth, basically, yeah. where there's in the workplace and your dog and like, your dog is your priority and know your worth, know your priorities. And it's the same thing. It sounds like you teach your community and your followers on the corporate creator. You teach them the same thing. It's like, look, a brand approaches you, see the bigger picture, know the your worth, you know, like this is what 
your content is worth and and if people can't yeah. see that it, it you know that's that's on them and exactly. yeah no i i love that okay well this has been such an amazing conversation today i'm so happy that i was able to connect with Me you too. and and see gus for a little bit there he popped his head up i was yes. able to watch him just hang out so last question since this is the with a dog podcast why do you choose life with the dog I can't go back. Like, I don't, I don't even know what my life was before and I don't want to remember it because I just see life with Gus right now. That, that is my life. Mm -hmm. It's not even with a dog. It's life before Gus. I don't, I don't even want to remember that. Honestly, this is my life right now. This is, this is everything. Gus is, he is just my life. I love that. It's not even with him. It's, he is my life. (laughs) Yes. Not even with a dog. It's just life. This is just life. This is just life. This is our life. So there's, there's no going back. I don't even, I, I, I honestly don't even want to think about how it was before because I, I definitely feel that my life having something that I have to care about outside of myself and outside of my job, which were the things that consumed me. And I'm so glad they no longer consume me because there's so much more to life. And this little boy who demands a lot of me, <laughs> demands a lot of attention has made me see that. So yeah, there, this is just my life. Love that. Oh my goodness. Great answer. It's all about Gus. Well, hopefully I'll make another trip to New York sometime in the next yes. year and I'll be able to meet him. And, and you. if you actually come to our like our place, we'll, at that time, we'll have a studio where I will be recording my podcast in the future. So we won't have to go through this. Like We'll have like, a setup. It'll be stable. It'll <laughs> be good. So more than welcome to, to come there for sure. hundred percent. Well, I would absolutely love that. We'll we'll make it happen in the future for sure. Well, if anyone yes. wants to follow you, find your resources, all of that, where can they do so? So I would say YouTube now. It's my primary. <laughs> so I am on YouTube, The Corporate Creator. I'm also on TikTok and Instagram, either The Corporate Dog Mom or The Corporate Creator, or you can find me at thecorporatecreator.com. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you everyone for being here. Let us know what you thought of the episode message Tay message myself I'm at with the dog podcast on Instagram with the dog pod on TikTok you can find us with new episodes every Wednesday and we'll see you next week bye, bye. All content on the With a Dog podcast is for informational and comedic purposes only. It should not replace professional advice, treatment, or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer, or behaviorist.